We just want to welcome you to acknowledge and support our wonderful outreach friends and partners. We have our in-house ministries like Benevolence and Food Bank and Hospitality, along with some of our supported missionaries who are here today, and you can visit with them. It's very cool. Many of our community partners are also here today, like Casa and FERC and uh, Domus Pacis. And I really encourage you to go and see the good things they're doing in the community. I'm always humbled by the heart for outreach this church has. And I'm honored to be a part of it. Hmm. Wikipedia describes the word outreach as to reach further than to stretch out one's arms. In an article in Outreach Magazine uh, that I read recently, the author referred to Matthew 28:18, when Jesus gave the disciples the Great Commission. The author refers to the word, Mark, you might need to help me, poor you, oh my, which, see? It's Greek. I'm trying to be relevant here. Does anybody know what poor you am I means? It means go. The heart of outreach is reaching out by going to the people who are lost. This is what our missionaries do every day, and they have devoted their lives to doing that. Second Thessalonians says, do not grow weary of doing good. As a community church, and by the way, Dillon Community Church, community is our middle name. Don't let's forget that. We place a high value of serving our community. Pastor Mark often refers to the unique and wonderful aspect of this church because we have all different faith backgrounds here. (laughs) There are Catholics like I was raised. There's Baptists and Church of Christ in every denomination that you can imagine, we're all sitting in the pews together today. The commonality among us all is, of course, Christ himself and the high, high value of Scripture. Those two things provide all of us, no matter our background, with our walking papers. We are meant to walk out into the community, go with those who are lost or who are hurting, walk alongside a person in pain or anguish or uncertainty. And we cannot go if we're standing still or if we're paralyzed by fear of judgment, feeling uncertain, or even if we're just too busy and distracted by the world. So thank you for being a part of our church that values these things, how important they are, and how God expects that of us. And he expects nothing less and nothing more. Our partners with us today are truly walking their walk, working in collaboration with the community and with the world. And I pray that they can be an example to us all. How to be the hands and feet that God calls us to be. Mark is going to take us in to some of our missionaries.
Thank you, Jude. Jude is in charge of outreach ministries here. Give her a big hand. <laughs> She's worked very hard on this event and tried to make it to where we could have a great experience today. Here's what we're going to try to fit in. We're going to have a, hey, Wade, good to see you. We're going to have a, uh, <laughs> I just, we made good eye contact there, so that was good. We're going to try to fit in five different people to give us a quick report of what's going on in their ministries. Mountain Ministries, Bill, Alicia, are you both coming? Come on up. Come on, come on, come on. And uh, so we can get some highlighted information. You'll notice there's a bunch of opportunities out there to meet with these people afterwards and interact a little bit more. But we're going to get, go ahead and grab a mic. And you can each have one. We've got plenty of mics. There's a plethora today. So, come and tell us a little bit about what is specific Mountain Ministries. It's here just isolated in Summit County. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. We used to work in Crested Butte as well. We okay. started in various places mm-hmm. uh, and settled here in Summit County, primarily because of the hub of the ski area community at that point in time, 38 years ago, we started. 38 years yeah, ago. Been, been I'm not long. even that old, guys. No, I'm only messing with you. You know better than that. that. Yeah, good luck with that. Exactly. No, that's great. 38 years. Thanks for being faithful. Now, uh, tell us some things that are specific that you do that define Mountain Ministries. Just a thing or two. We're an open home ministry, which means that people can come into our house anytime, day or night, and literally they do. We find strangers digging in our refrigerator upon occasion, <laughs> which, which is okay. We never kick them out. We just ask them if there's enough for us to have, too. <laughs> and uh, it's that type of, of ministry. One of the reasons that we established it um, in our home is so it can be replicated by people that come, learn from us, we disciple, spend time with them, and then when they go someplace else, they realize they don't have to have a big building, they don't have to have a big staff. Uh, they can begin to reach out in the communities for Jesus Christ uh, where they are. And that's what we'll continue to do okay. is disciple one, two, three, five, ten people at a time, whatever it takes. We've Perfect. had people in our home studying. We've had uh, people that pass through. We have potluck dinners and uh, Bible studies in our home and then outreaches, of course, uh, around the country, literally around the globe from time to time. Perfect. I'm going to ask you a question that I want you to answer, but I'm going to give you a second to think about it. So uh, tell us one good story about somebody, okay? But in the meantime, answer this question for us, Bill. What are some things you're excited about coming up, a thing or two, and maybe something you're concerned about? The things that we're concerned about is the dramatic change in uh, the way people approach any kind of religious experience or religion. Uh, there's been a dramatic change across the United States and maybe elsewhere in Europe, parts of Europe as well, uh, where people are not interested in uh, book learning. They're not interested in clever arguments. They're not interested in uh, uh, what we think they, they should be doing and all those kinds of things. Uh, people learn either by example and relationship or we don't touch their lives. Mm. And so we have to actually find a way to get involved uh, with them. Um, tell them about our involvement with Ed Rafferty, unless you have another. No, that's, that's a great story. Good. All you mothers will appreciate this. This kid was um, living up in Montezuma. He had no running water. <laughs> he 
quite right. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. All right. Go ahead. Keep going. Anyway, he would come into the house smelling quite ripe, and everybody at the Bible study would go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one day he came, and he'd come over, and he'd spend hours just studying books and stuff. He was really hard. He was not a believer. He was just, he just wanted to know about Christianity. And so Bill would talk to him. They'd go through books. Finally, I couldn't stand it anymore, and I said, okay, you, in the bathroom right now. <laughs> Throw those clothes out. Put these on. And so he did. Took a shower. I washed his clothes, and we had this little talk about personal hygiene. Anyway, (laughs) this is a mother thing. Anyway, (laughs) so um, the kid actually ended up becoming a believer and um, following Jesus wholeheartedly. And what's really funny is he started a Bible study up in Montezuma. If you know anything about Montezuma, (laughs) there was not a lot of Christians, anything going on up there. Matter of fact, he came into our house one day and said, Hey, you know, the weirdest thing happens. Every time I drive into Montezuma, the hair on the back of my neck stands mm, up. Interesting. He says, what do you think that is? And we mm-hmm. went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he started a Bible study in Montezuma, and the guys changed poker night to the Bible study night so nobody could come. <laughs> wow. Anyway, it was pretty cool. He went on to um, study at seminary, and now he's pastoring up in North Dakota. So that's it's amazing. so cool. Yeah, that's worth that. Very good. So these guys, that's just fabulous, isn't it? It's great to hear the stories, and they're, they're what put the actual traction and kind of the reality around just the ideas that we have. They had an idea decades ago and came from Minnesota, of all yeah, places. Sure. Yeah, sure, you betcha. And so they're in uh, Summit Cove uh, doing ministry and making a difference and investing in people's lives one at a time. Let's all pray for them right now. Lord, thank you for Mountain Ministries. Thank you for Bill and Alicia, their family, uh, many people through the years who have come and been part of their journey, sometimes for decades. Others who come in a time or two and get a taste and move on. And uh, thank you for their investment in your kingdom. Thank you that uh, they can be mom and dad to people. They can uh, be very helpful in some very practical ways and also to open the door to what it really means to walk with Jesus. Thank you. We ask that you would bless them, give them courage and strength for their future. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Give these guys a big hand. Good work, guys. Perfect. Cindy McDonald, are you in here? Cindy McDonald to the front. Cindy McDonald. So, uh, Haitian Christian Ministries. I don't know if we can put that slide up. Can you put the slide up for HGM? Perfect. I put some older girls on it. You see the picture? Because we kind of have in our mind that HCM is all about the little kids. But if you watch Mano's or Prisca's video that she just made, it's on their website. If you watch that, 1,600 children in their school, which is incredible. But they're all the way up, I mean, through ages. And so it's a, it's a very broad ministry. So, Cindy, it's hard for me to know how to focus in, but I for sure want us to think forward um, because the big concern right now is since Mono passed away not too long ago, what does the future look like for HCM as you can see it right now? Um, you know, it's amazing. God is amazing. And he's been really, really faithful to this ministry. Um, we're coming up on two-year anniversary in February when Mono passed away. 
and um, Prisca and her daughters have decided to step up and try to fill Mono's shoes, which are not easy, which is not easy, those of you who know Mono. Um, but Prisca, bless her heart, um, she worked just as hard as Mono did on the ministry, and they're moving forward. A lot of exciting things happening. Um, Mono's associate pastor, Pastor Bob, has stepped up, and he is now... Um, running the ministry part of um, Haitian Christian Ministries. He's partnered with Emmaus um, Seminary in Haiti, okay. and so he has some students that are coming in and working with um, he and Prisca and keeping the ministry alive and well. And um, it's just exciting to be in the church and see things moving forward. The latest and greatest thing is... Um, Way back when, I'm not exactly sure when the Lori Church started, but it's another church that Mono and Prisca planted, L-O-R-Y. Um, it, in the past, has just been kind of a shelter. That's the best way I can describe it, where they would have church on Sundays. Now it has four walls and pews and um, a pulpit. And last year, we got to go and do clinic there one day. We moved all the chairs around and made it look like a clinic. Well, the big news for them is um, they are raising money to build a multi-purpose facility. Wow. Or as, as Jude would say, a flex building. Mm. Um, and that's exciting <laughs> in that um, Lori's been kind of on the back burner all these years while they, um, you know, did some changes to the school and to the clinic and to the big church in Piat, um, now the Lori Church is getting some attention, and um, 65% of the money that they need to build this multi-purpose building in Lori is already completed, and they just started raising money in September. Wow. So that's amazing. Good. Yeah, that is it great. is. <laughs> um, which means when we go um, and take teams down there, we will have a place to actually set up and store mm. medical supplies, mm. and um, there will be another facility. Lori won't be in the shadows. It'll be part of mm. um, the ministry option. And that's not real far away, so it's connected enough that there's still some uh, real sustainability there for that ministry, which is great. Um, any specific things that, like how did the earthquake or maybe the hurricane, any things that you think about that were affecting to the ministry there at HCM? Well, fortunately, the Piat Clinic and Cape Haitian, where we um, fly in and out of, was not affected other than they just had heavy rains. And it's they're in northern Haiti. The, the area that got struck by the latest hurricane is in um, would be in the western and southern part of the country. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect the whole country. And this poor country, it's amazing that they still get up and, in the morning and, and, and worship and praise God because, I mean, my gosh, how many times can you get beat down? Mm. Um, but what it means for the area that we go to is a lot of people will be leaving where the devastation was and coming north to mm -hmm. where there's food, where they have friends, family, maybe work. Um, and with that comes internal problems like no food and mm -hmm. illness and things like that. So um, please keep praying for them. And please um, know that, you know, when you make a donation through HCM, it doesn't just go to Piat. It goes to the whole country. Mm -hmm. um, that was one thing Mono was really, really focused on, is not just helping the people in his village. Sure, he would start there, 
but his outreach was to all parts of Haiti. Hmm. And um, to me, that's a reassurance that we don't, we're not neglecting everybody else in Haiti that right. needs our help. So. Yeah, the country, I, you know, 18% employment rate in Haiti. You didn't hear that wrong. It's not the other way around. And uh, the only fifth world country in the Western Hemisphere. I don't know if you know, they've gone past first, second, third world to fourth and fifth world nomenclature. Haiti is the, on the lowest economic plane. There's no infrastructure. So anything, though, here invested in this area makes a big difference for those of us, of us who have been. How many people in the room have been there to that? Yeah, see, there's several people in here. Great. Um, tell us a little bit about you're going in April this year, which is a change. Tell us a little bit about your next trip. So um, there are six medical teams that go. We try to go every other month. And last year at our board meeting, we decided that um, some of us had prime dates to go when the kids were in school, and some of us had the hot summer months, <laughs> which was not prime time to go, even though we go whenever we're called to go. So um, I decided that DCC would be the first to offer their spot in February, and instead we're going in April, which is still great for us. We, the snow is still flying here, and <laughs> we get to go somewhere tropical. <laughs> what, do you, what is the snow of which you speak? I, know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyways. I know. We need to pray about that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so we'll be going, we'll be there Easter Sunday, which will be amazing. If you've ever gone mm. to church in Haiti, it's amazing anyway. Mm. Right. So I would imagine Whew. Easter will be Yeah, that's going to be a so. ball. Yeah, <laughs> good. So later, what you can do is go out. Cindy will be right outside the door to the right, and you can ask a little bit more about maybe what are we thinking for the future, how, how you could be a part. Let's pray right now. Thank you, Lord, for the work in uh, our partners' lives in Haiti. We really feel that. So many of us have been uh, specifically, but also many give in the way of taking care of children. They support in uh, sponsorship of children in the, in the school there and other ways, Lord, that we've been a part of that journey of that place. And so we ask for your spirit to move there. We ask for grace and courage for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Cindy a big hand. One more oh, wait. thing. Oh. One more thing. Oh, she's um, got more to say. Lisa Best did a great job in... Um, putting together a little box where we're going to collect donations for hygiene kits or oh, medicines. Good. There also is a little um, prayer partner slip. I would love it if you would pick up um, one of the slips and pray for a team member that's going. Um, that's almost better than giving us stuff to take down there, is just knowing that you're praying for us. And also there are some little hearts with reminders of things that we're looking to collect. Good. So thank you. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Yep. Cindy is on. Bill and Terry, come on up, guys. You're next. Bill, um, Cindy is actually on the board here in the United States for HCM, so she is very informed and would be able to be helpful there. Now, you guys, Bill and Terry Hansberger here with Haven Ministries. Here's one mic. Oh, come on, girl. Come on. You're going to tell us a story. Actually, tell us a story about these. Will you tell us about that? I'm giving okay. you a, a second or two to prep for that. Okay. But these things are sitting out there. They're spectacular. Yes, I want to hear. Are. Okay, good. So tell us, Haven Ministries is in the Denver area. Is, that, is it limited to that? And are, you, are you out other places? And then what do you do? What's a Haven Ministries? Okay. Uh, Haven <laughs> Ministries is a mission organization. We're based in Denver, but we actually go all over the country um, to different events um, 
Sometimes we get around the world to different events. We go to things called the Parliament of World Religions. We go to Mormon centers, Buddhist centers, psychic fairs. Um, we talk to witches, Scientologists, Jehovah's Witnesses, atheists. We go to a lot of campus ministries, uh, Metro and some of the other schools around the Denver area. Um, I teach at some community colleges in the Denver area. I have wonderful relationships with um, some of the things that come out of that. So anyways, it's, it's, a, it's just a mission organization. We reach out to about every religion you can think of, plus cults that most people have never even heard of. Um, we try to help with them too. So that's mm. what Haven is. Interesting. So in the kind of spiritual, that's a famous word now, right? Spiritual. And in that vacuum, which literally, because there's no definition of that in our world and, and uh, things associated with New Age, you're kind of walking in to try to help people navigate where truth is. Can you, can you give me a little on that? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was telling somebody the service this morning. The number one way the devil is described in the Bible is a liar and a deceiver. So basically, we're talking to people who have been deceived. And mm. I asked me what the number one lie is, and it's the oldest one in the book. You'll be a god. So most of the people in most of the religions I talk to believe that they are going to be god. Hmm. The Orthodox Muslims do not think that. Sufi Muslims tend to think that way. But most of everything I mentioned, Hindus, Buddhists, witches, uh, just on and on and on, Mormons all believe that they're either gods now or will be gods. So mm. it's one of the oldest lies in the book. So we're addressing that with them all the time. And um, like I said, it's 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 always in one sense it's always fun because you can get screamed at and yelled at by a lot of very interesting people. Um, <laughs> but you know, we see God work. We see bring people him bring people out of these things. And I would argue that you know, since the time of Abraham, God has been bringing pagans into His kingdom forever. So mm. we're part of that. I'd like to think. Great. Okay, I gave you a minute or two. Now okay. tell us a little bit about what's what is, that beautiful thing is, and then how does this affect anything about your ministry? Sure. Um, well, Bill and I um, get to serve also in the Philippines every other summer. Uh, Bill teaches in the Bible College in Dumaguete, Calvary Chapel Bible College, and we have a, a big ministry with a lot of uh, Filipinos um, there and love them dearly. And one of the ministries that um, I was able to see when I was there was um, Darlene Pridmore and her husband. Um, they served the people from Smoky Mountain, which is the biggest garbage hill in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It's in uh, Quezon City. It's estimated over 200,000 people live there. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I, have we have eight children. We've adopted five four from the Philippines, and two of our children were born in Smoky Mountain, and their mom died of AIDS at 24. So when I saw this project four years ago, I said, I have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing the brokenness and um, the heartache of our kids, which we have experienced some of that as well, but the Lord has helped us through that. And um, uh, I just thought, I want to do something to help these women be able to come to Christ. These are women, um, all of the women except two women um, were prostitutes, Mm. and they have been redeemed. They are being discipled and mentored on a weekly basis. They've been taught how to knit all these beautiful scarves out there. You have to come see me. Um, And necklaces. And the women that are in this um, project 
for their livelihood project, they do not live in Smoky Mountain anymore. They live in a more livable place, nothing like you and I live in, but it's, it's a much be- better place to, you know, t- for their children, and um, they can feed their children, and they don't have to prostitute themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about this is their kids learn about Christ, and they can stay together as a family. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I feel blessed to be able to serve in that capacity. Great. As well as hospitality in our home. Bill didn't talk about we have Bible studies and discipleship. We have people in our home all the time. I loved how um, Bill and Alicia were talking mm-hmm. about that. We are all about that. We have people eating at our house and, and just loving on them. So. They may be there right now. Actually, yeah, they, yeah, might. they, might, they be. might be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's great. <laughs> yes. Well, here, it's a great time of year to get some gifts for people. Think of all your office staff. Think of all people around. <laughs> Go get some of these beautiful things, and it will actually make an investment in some yes. ministry. That's fabulous. Um, anything that's a specific concern or anything that you're, you're uh, thinking about for the future that we could pray with you and, and uh, have considered? Uh, concerns. Let's see. Obviously, um, and I've said this about several people on our staff, this last year, our staff has gone from just Terry and I to like 15 or 16 now. Wow. And over the last 10 years. And I tell people when you come in, I say, I understand you're opening some doors that are good, maybe opening some other doors that are not so good. Um, We've just dealt with a lot of issues with with, uh, sickness and injuries and um, stuff with some of the kids. It's been very hard, and it's Mm -hmm. very hard to... Not share the gospel with people when you feel like you're just being destroyed at home. So mm. that's been an issue for several people in our staff, and we think it's very spiritual yeah. in that sense, in the Christian mm. sense, you know, that mm-hmm. there's attack. So that's a big issue. But, you know, our Father's in control. We're not worried about it. We still go forward and do what we do and what God has called us to do. And uh, Let me just, can I say a couple things about the Philippine thing? Sure. Um, <laughs> Talk to the mic, though. (laughs) One of the things I love about Operation Christmas Child is that uh, having four children from orphanages, they got these boxes. Hmm. And they're all older when we adopt them, so they all remember getting these boxes. So it's a real Hmm. blessing to them. Um, My son's wife, uh, my oldest Filipino son, is with the Marines. And she wrote a blog this last year about how he got a box when he was like six, seven years old and had a little toy plane in it. And that was his only toy. Hmm. And he, he had never even told us this, but he told her. And I was so touched by that, that, that one of those boxes is all he had. Mm-hmm. So it really made an impact on him. So I, I'm just blessed to see churches do this. Oh, good. Well, thanks. That makes it easy for me to remind you <laughs> that these are due tomorrow. Okay? Tomorrow night. Actually, they're going to haul them away. So today, if you haven't done a box, or if you've done 10, do three more today. You've got opportunities. You're here. It actually makes a difference. And you know from Nate and Elke that are here in our, our congregation, she got a box when she was a little girl in South America. And telling these are real stories that really are part of the deal. Well, let's pray for you guys so we can get some other people up here. But thank you, Lord, for Haven Ministries. It's broad. But it's also, uh, I would imagine, a place where the enemy would love to uh, get in and and trip and target specifically because uh, they're working into ground that he feels like he's probably got ownership of. And so, God, we ask for wisdom and great clarity and understanding uh, for Bill and Terry and their family, their staff. We thank you, Lord, for their calling and their decision to invest in people's lives. We really ask now 
that the uh, shape of our political climate might actually give them some opportunities. I think it will cause people to ask a lot of questions, and may they encounter these two and others in that process. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a great big hand. Thank you, guys. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand up and just say hello to each other because it's a nice little break. And then send me your kids up here. If you're a kid, you consider yourself to be a kid. Come on up here to the front. Everybody else, stand up, turn around, say hello. You have 30 seconds to do this just for a break. Hey, Brett. Upstairs? Okay. Well, I'll do it with these guys. Hey, Brett. Would you girls come up? Would you? I know you're big, but come, would you guys come up? Please. Thank you. Good. Rose, can you come on up? Rose, I need your help. All right, very good. Thanks. That's enough being nice to each other. You've had it. That's okay. Perfect. All right. Here's what I need, guys. I have you guys up here because I have to do an illustration. Okay, everybody else can sit down. Any kiddos who want to come on up here? Good deal. Everybody stand, please. Stand, stand. Come and move into the middle. Right here. All right, perfect. No, not you guys. All right, relax. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to get in line by height. Go. Getting there, getting there, getting there. Yeah. How'd they do? Yeah. Now, this is an interesting illustration because a lot of times we think that missions work, outreach work, is actually going to people and getting them to get in line with what we think is the best idea for them. Did you see what that looked like? Even just a simple, like, by height. What if I asked them to get in line by who's the best looking? <laughs> what if I asked them to get in line by what they believe? You see what happens? This is interesting, isn't it? Here's the other thing. Okay, everybody come in. What is this? It says it right on the front. Yes, this is a Bible. Okay, everybody come in. Everybody touch the Bible without touching each other. Okay? See if you can do that. It's helpful that we don't have 45 of them up here today. Okay, is everybody a little lower, right? Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because there's something to do. If I held it up here... There's only a couple of people that can touch it, right? And a couple of them are like, I'm not sure. I don't even know what he wants me to do right now, right? This is another illustration of what we do. We think, okay, this is the standard. You guys can go find your parents. Give them a big hand. Good work. Thank you. We, of course, 
have in our mindset as committed Christians, I'm making that assumption about you right now, okay? Probably if you showed up at a church in Summit County on an average, you know, Thursday or Sunday or Friday or Wednesday or whatever in the United States, you probably consider yourself to be a Christian. So we have some sense that this book actually carries some authority and some weight. Imagine when you go to a place where nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that. So you're asking everybody, come on in and line up to this as the standard, and that's not how it works, right? It's just not that simple. Now, there's different ways that we can get this ministry of outreach and of mission done. And one of them is through Domus Pacis, which is, uh, where are you, Maggie? Come on up here. Uh, why don't we show this video clip real quick, about 30 seconds of it, and I'll tell you where to turn it off, Miss Wendy. Yes, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah, it is. I love that picture. Two and a half years old, Ambrose. Look at that family. Aren't they adorable? Thanks, Miss Wendy. So this is Maggie Butler, and you're already crying. You just got up here. That's okay. Come on over here in the light so they can see you, huh? So Maggie is a program director for this great organization. Tell us a little bit. First of all, for many people, they won't even know what Domus is. Tell us. Domus Pachis. Is that working? Yeah, it should be. Go ahead. Keep talking. Domus, Domus Pachis means House of Peace in Latin. Um, we were founded about eight years ago. Um, and what we do is provide respite for families who are facing cancer. Um, this year alone, we will have served 120 families. And the way that we do that um, is we work through medical referral partners all across the state and in Kansas, um, Nebraska. And when um, a medical referral partner decides that a family is at a point where they need to come up to the mountains and spend a week, and reconcile and come to peace with where they are Mm -hmm. in their situation, we go out and we work with second homeowners. And a lot of our lodging partners, um, a lot of hotels, will just give us their home for a week. Mm. And we'll bring together their family, their primary caregivers, um, 12 people at a time, and we bring them meals, and we bring them love and comfort and... It's, it's amazing, actually. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how great of an idea is that, right? We've got empty buildings sitting all over the place up here in the mountains, uh, homes and uh, rentals and so forth. And so they coordinate people who are willing to share that with families who are in a, a very critical condition. It's definitely not... Uh, stage one, right? Tell us, are, are most it's of not, your people... It's not. We, we do a lot of terminal 
um, mm -hmm. end of life situations, but we also celebrate remission. Okay. So when a fam or in in some cases we do grief stays when somebody's lost their family, we or a member of their family, we invite them to come up and have that that week to talk about the future and, and come mm -hmm. to peace with what it is that they've done or mm -hmm. you know what it is that they're facing. That's great. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, so Anything that, yeah. I have a couple. Mm -hmm. I have a couple pitches. Good. Um, I have a booth <laughs> out in the back. Um, we need your help because serving 120 families, um, we need a lot of people to help us do that. Um, we need people who are amateur photographers to help us come take the photos that mm -hmm. you've seen. We need um, people to help us make meals and deliver warm welcome meals to these families. That's a ministry moment. That's mm -hmm. an opportunity to share the joy of Jesus with these with the families that are going through this. So mm -hmm. um, please consider coming to visit me and let me tell you a little bit more about what it is that we do. Um, we also need crafters, believe it or not, people who have artistic talent or mm -hmm. like to do crafty things. We love to bring gifts to our families so that they have a memento of, the, of their Great. experience as well. Very good. So Maggie and Bruce are, are part of our community and our church family here. And so this is a pretty new endeavor. How long have you been with Domus? Since April. Since April. Yeah. So it's new, but also um, very meaningful. You can see and feel tangibly how this is an opportunity. Now, is the organization specifically a Christian ministry? We are a Christian okay. ministry, yes. Good. So that gives us the platform, uh, people who would want to be involved in a different way, to know coming in that those families are recognizing this is uh, an organiza a religious organization that's helping us, even if they're not themselves. I noticed, I think, some images of a family that might have been Muslim. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yep. So you're we, not limited to, you no, don't say no. Yeah. Not at all. We, we will serve anyone. And... Um, they're very wonderful, peaceful families that yeah. um, they're so grateful for the, for the Christian ministry to reach out to them. And there were no barriers there at all. That's great. So let's pray for Maggie and for Domus together. Thank you, Lord, for um, Maggie's great heart, for Bruce, their family, um, and their investment in our community, larger here, Summit County, and this investment in families. I'm so grateful that... Maggie's heart and her amazing gifts of organization are able to blend in this opportunity. So, Lord, just give her insight, help her to encounter people, to see them, see uh, the, the connections that can happen there to best help minister. And, Lord, um, may people feel that this is actually you ministering to them through her, through the people that she coordinates. And we're so grateful for this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Maggie a big hand. Thank you. Okay, come on up here, Ben. Very good. Ben is with Serve Now. Have you seen their tagline? I love their tagline. Serve Now, Procrastinate Later. That's spectacular. That actually gets it done. Here you go, bud. Yeah, there's a whole story behind that. Yeah, we're going to probably... I share about that today, but it's a great message. That's, it, so. that's great. So many of you may know Fred and Sherry that are here. Sharp Ross, it's kind of, you know, complicated. But anyways, they're here and in and out from Houston and have a home here in the county. When they're here, they're part of our church community. They're the ones who connected us. So I said to Ben, there's a number of people who really don't know much about Serve Now. So what's specific about Serve Now that, that people would want to well, know about? what's unique is that Fred is on our board. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes it unique in, in and of itself. Fred, <laughs> no, basically, I mean, there's a lot of different 
different projects and programs that Serve Now is a part of. But the way I like to, to simplify it or make it easy for people to understand is that we are all about coming alongside local churches all around the world to equip them, first of all, uh, with the Word of God. These are a lot of churches, rural, remote, um, very poor, slum uh, areas. They may not, uh, the pastor is the only one that has a Bible. So 50 to 100 people, maybe max. And we're right now partnering with over 1,000 churches wow. uh, around the world that are in a situation like that. So we first of all come in, provide them with the Word of God. And then we've also created and have written uh, a series of, of books, just 30 of these, 32 pages each, hmm. called The Basic Things That You Need to Know. Hmm. And so over a period of five to seven years, we continue to work with these churches so that the believers really become rooted and grounded in the basic things about the Christian faith. And then we empower them over that five to seven year period at different times and in different seasons uh, to serve and reach out to their communities according to their need. It's kind of what you just mentioned a moment ago, that we don't come in and say, here's, here's who we are and here's what we do. Rather, we come to them and say, where are you at? What's your needs? How would you like to serve the community? And then we come alongside them and, uh, and help them in whatever way possible. Great. Now, I know Lars Dunberg, whose photo's up here, but Lars obviously is not present today. But uh, Lars is, it was part of the whole group that, that kind of was the initiative. Mm-hmm. Lars has a lot of international connections that were in place. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe some visions, some things you're excited about for connections in the future you've got to have some of those oh yeah yeah Yeah. we 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 are now in our we're only three and a half years in Mm. in in this uh uh in the in this in this organization and uh already just in the third year alone not counting the first few years but just last year alone we were able to serve in some specific direct way over a quarter million people around the world wow Amazing. Working with that network of a thousand churches, mm. over a thousand churches. So we have really big dreams and visions. In fact, I would, I would like to, and this is going to sound crazy, but Lars is even crazier than I am. <laughs> but 30 years from now, I would like to be able to say that Serve Now was able to do something for the sake of the gospel in every country of the world. Wow. And Lars really does have um, tremendous network and connection uh, all over. I mean, he's been to... Uh, 99 countries, um, 120 times to India alone. He used to smuggle Bibles with Brother Andrew, friends with Corey Ten Boom, uh, used to have tea with Mother Teresa in Calcutta. I mean, really knows a lot of people and has done a lot of really um, interesting, unique things. He's a very interesting and unique man himself. Well, and he also knows Ben Foley, <laughs> which nothing, is really important. Yeah, that's a big this. deal. Uh, so uh, tell us a thing or two that just anybody here could do that would be an investment, a potential connection to yeah, well, serve now. You know, when I said we impacted a quarter of a million people um, just last year alone, when we looked at our budget and I averaged this out last year, we realized that it just takes $5 on average to impact a person's life through the ministry of serve now. Every $5 impacts somebody's hmm. life. And we have some pretty high-end projects, but there's simple things like right now, uh, obviously, winter, winter is here. Uh, in northern India and Nepal, it's getting very cold as well. And so we provide winter coverings, uh, hopefully to at least another 1,000 more people. And it just costs $10 mm. 
to provide a blanket, um, other winter coverings. I was just there a couple weeks ago in India. We were doing this in a lot of different villages and communities where they have absolutely nothing. And when it's you know freezing outside, it's freezing inside because they have no heat and they have nothing else. And it's usually the children and the elderly that are the most vulnerable. So those are the ones that we specifically um, are trying to minister and serve to. Um, and, you know, this can, I mean, you just take a village of 50 people, and that's only $500 to impact the whole community. Mm. And it'll be the local church that we will be working with in and through, and they will be the ones that will give out the winter covering. And it just, it just opens so many doors for them to share the gospel sometimes, and this has happened just in the past year repeatedly, in villages where the gospel has never been openly preached before, it has been preached hmm. through reaching out in these types of ways. Hmm. That's great. Very specific. You could give up a couple of cups of Starbucks and uh, make a big difference there. And your family, you are in the Springs, Colorado Springs? Yeah, we now right? live in Colorado Springs. Okay, yeah, very we're good. from the East Coast originally. Oh, that's not your fault. That's okay. <laughs> But we love it here. I say That's I, good. I can't imagine living anywhere else now that we live it's here. It's a great so place to be beautiful. from, yeah. far from. So that's, that's okay. Let's pray for Ben and pray for Serve Now. Let's do that. Lord, we're grateful to you for the uh, connections and the opportunities that come from those. It's an interesting world in which we live right now because so many people are displaced. So many people have... Uh, one or two levels of connection to to family members that have been moved out because of various and sundry different things, maybe disasters, um, often it's because of violence. And God, so we ask that in these opportunities, you would give us these chances to make a difference, to move in with the truth of your gospel, just as the first church did in the Roman culture. May we do that as well. Thank you for Ben, his family, for all the ministry that's done there. We ask that you would give him strength, you would give him clarity of direction so he would be able to prioritize, and Lord, that you would just give us the chance to work together with them for your kingdom. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good job. Let's give Ben a big hand. So that was a fun snapshot, wasn't it? Five uh, kind of move them throughs, but it just gives you some starting points. Some of the things that you heard, some of those same kind of questions you could ask of anybody out there. We have organizations that are right here in our community, like Domus, like FERC, others, CASA, who are working right here in town. We have some things that happen right on our campus through the Benevolence Ministry, Food Bank, other things. And then we have opportunities that are elsewhere in the world, and I think that's actually our marching orders from Jesus. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. So what we'll do right now, we're going to uh, receive an offering. If the ushers would come, and uh, we're going to... Sorry, what? Oh, Sally, is Sally next? Oh, good, thanks for that. It's a good reminder. Ushers, hold off a second. I thought we were going to do Sally after. Sally, come on up here. So I was talking about something that happens right here on our campus, and this is actually a ministry that happens here. I'm going to get this one again, Dave. You have a couple. What do you, what do you really need? really need three hands. Three hands. Yeah. Well, I can hold this for you. Oh, is that nice. helpful? Okay. Well, you, want, you want to set some stuff up here? Yes. How long are you going to be? Is this going to be 30 minutes? No. Okay, good. Nah, I'm only messing with you. I think three. <laughs> okay. So this is Sally Morris, and Sally Morris 
works together with several people in our church on our benevolence committee, and she's going to tell you a little bit about what that means, and I'll just hold this mic. Thank you, Mark. Okay, um, go, though. So benevolence is a ministry at the church designed to help people within the church or community to get through a crisis situation. Um, it is comprised of nine volunteers with diverse backgrounds who look at people in situations very differently. We are all so different on this committee. By the time we receive the files, they have already passed through the very caring and loving hands of Julie in the office, Cindy, and Jude. And they often have to deal with very, very hard people who just walk in off the streets, um, sometimes emotionally off, and they, they just do such a good job. Um, what benevolence is not, it is not an enabling ministry. Mm. Instead, it is a caring ministry that helps the client with counsel, financial planning, guidance in decision-making, and guidance in um, family relationships and things. When financial assistance is given, it is explained to the client that this is a one-time assistance. Uh, what happens is people sometimes want $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, and we have very limited funds. And so what we try to figure out in this group is um, how can we help these people, first of all, help themselves? Do we have to give them money, or can they figure out other means of getting that money? And so we do a lot of negotiating among ourselves and then... Um, working individually with these people to figure out how they're going to do their life and how to do it, how to, how to navigate their problem without, um, without money. And then we have people on our team who talk to Excel or talk to the hospital or talk to or go to a community care clinic and, and talk to and how to, how to get the prices down on things. Mm -hmm. So that's um, sustainability work. is huge. I love the concept of benevolence because DCC is doing just what we were called to do, and that is give to the poor, give to the needy, mm -hmm. and give to um, those who are poor in spirit. It's not always a financial need that, that people have. It's sometimes an um, emotional need. And we have suicidal issues, and we have um, very just tough emotional places that people are in that we try to partner with. Um, when you give to uh, benevolence, uh, generously and sacrificially, we know you all do, or not all of you maybe, but you're all welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> but when, we, when you give to benevolence, we realize that, um, that we have a huge responsibility to not waste that money mm -hmm. and not to enable people, but to help them again figure out their way of doing things, uh, doing their life. Um, you guys... Uh, DCC works, uh, has become a lighthouse, really, or a light in this community. People, the law enforcement and advocates for, um, for victims of assault, FERC, community, community care clinic, different organizations around the community, firefighters. I mean, we just get people from all over. They come here. Uh, they refer people to us. So it's not, uh, as I said, it's the the church, we help people in the church, but we also help people with that on the other side of the, um, within the community. Um, 
And so other churches also refer us to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, uh, eight other people on this. Uh, if everyone who is here... Yeah, who's on the committee? Stand up. stand up. That'd be great. On the Benevolence Committee. Anybody here? Oh, good. Frank and Yeah. Dan, Why are Rob, you all hesitating? Jude, there you are. Okay, good. Tim Roberts, Lauren Bristol, stand up. She's our new millennial. Yay, Lauren the millennial. Yay, Lauren the millennial. It's a big deal. Just really quickly, with the relationships we have in, I mean, with the people we have in here, um, Jan Jan Mueller, for example, is, she she has these long-term relationships, I mean, years with people, and who call her at all hours of the day and night, and she's just always sweet and loving, and uh, then Rob takes them to, I mean, everyone has their own gift, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal to see what people do. Tim speaks Spanish, thankfully. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So everyone, um, and John, let's see, whoever wasn't here, uh, John Julian and Mike Kermode mm-hmm. weren't here. And finally, I just want to say that we have, uh, helped 100 families last year. Uh, the quantity of money was $40,000 that we gave out, which is so much less than we've done in the past because, again, we have learned to really help people help themselves and figure out other ways of getting funds. And um, whatever is given, is whatever is donated is given, 100%. And um, finally, only all these needs are um, completely bathed in prayer. And we pray with these individuals every time we pray with them. And they always end up, almost always, end up in tears and are very thankful for those prayers. And then we bathe them in prayer, too, because we don't have the wisdom. We need the wisdom from above. That's it. So let's pray now. That's good. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunities. We do view ourselves as a lighthouse in the community, not out of pride, but out of a sense of calling. And um, we know that people come to us in different stages, um, different places with different uh, depths of issues. And thank you, Lord, for the chance that we have to serve. And uh, thank you for Sally, all the others on the committee who work so hard to not just hand out things, but actually invest in people's futures and in their lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good job. Give Sally a big hand. Good. Ushers, you can come now. This time I mean it. I'm not kidding. This is a chance to give. If you would like to give something specific, you could write that on if you still have checks. I don't know if people still have checks, but I guess they do. And uh, while, this is, uh, while the bags are being passed, we're going to watch this overview that we played at the very beginning, but a number of you missed because you're out in the narthex. So we're going to just watch this little presentation on our missionaries.
Okay, thank you all for being here today and learning about our outreach and about some of the ministries we support and our missionaries. Just really encourage you to go out and hit all the tables out there and encourage everyone who's out there who came to join us today uh, and, and learn about the work they're doing in our community, in, in our country, in our world. Um, as you can see, and I hope it was evident to you, the diversity of the ministries our church supports. They're very diverse. It's from military to pregnancy to it's just amazing. And I'm just so excited that we're, you're all here today to share this with us. So I would like to bless you all this Thanksgiving, and I hope that your family time together is a blessing to you all. Go out and meet somebody, and then we're going to eat food in the commons, and everybody kind of be nice about that. Okay? I'm going to close this in prayer. Thank you so much. Lord Jesus, thank you for each and every one of us sitting here today. I pray that something touched each heart today and that they learned something. Each of us learned something, got a perspective that we didn't have before. I ask you to bless all of our ministry partners, all of our missionary partners, all of our community friends. Continue to bless the work they do in the community. Continue to bless the work we do in the community, Lord. Help us always to shine a light on you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Oh, and if you have little kids, go get them. Okay? Because the, uh, <laughs> the child care crew is going to bolt out the door any second. <laughs>